0: And welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to join me today. On this week's episode, we're taking a look at Matthew chapter 27 and continuing our story looking at the last 12 hours of Jesus' life. Today we find ourselves taking a look at Pilate and Barabbas and the story between the Jewish people and Jesus. It's going to be a full week. I'm looking forward to it. So grab your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 27, and let's dive in. Today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 to 26, and we are looking at Barabbas, uh, a person who appeared on history scene just briefly and then vanished again. We know very little about him, although he does play a very key role leading up to the story of Jesus' crucifixion. We know that he was arrested by Roman authorities for insurrection, which is rebellion against the government authority. He was also arrested for murder. It's probably fairly safe to assume that the murder he was charged with was killing a Roman soldier during whatever act of revolt he did. So some would say that he's not a murderer, but it was an act of war. Uh, A courageous rebellion against a foreign invader that had oppressed his people and his nation. However, to the Romans, he was just that, a murderer. Whether we condemn or justify his actions, however, he was found by the governing authorities to be guilty, and he was sentenced to die. This was first century Israel, and... And occupied by the Romans and therefore under Roman law, his manner of death because of that was to be crucifixion. It was one of the, the choice ways of execution for the Romans, mostly because it could be used as an example of something that all the people could see and see that it was a horrific way of death, and it was a way of them controlling the general population. We know that crucifixions happened all over Israel and all over the Roman Empire. So so this is nothing new in everything that's happening. The interesting thing, and truly the only reason why we know his name, is that Barabbas, meaning son of the father, was scheduled to die on the same day that Jesus was arrested. And tried and condemned to death, and and when the Pass of Barabbas, son of the Father, and Jesus Christ, son of the Heavenly Father, crossed, the changes that took place in the life of Barabbas painted a picture really of all mankind under sin and under the sentence of death, and provided very much a valid and vital message for all who would come after, in and, and so that they could learn from. One of the unique things that I find in this is that, uh, and, and we don't touch upon it often in the story because it's is the meaning of that name Barabbas, son of the father, and of course Jesus Christ, who is son of the heavenly father. It really, as we'll get further into our story, we can see that there is a picture of a choice that has to be made. Do you choose the world? Barabbas, son of the Father? to let go? Or do you want son of the heavenly father to die? Which one do you want? And they had a distinct choice. Uh, and, And that kind of is where we find ourselves today in Matthew 27, 15 to 26. Now, I said just a moment ago, Barabbas becomes for us a type of all mankind, really, when we talk about condemnation of sin. So let's approach the story this way today. Barabbas is guilty. Barabbas is under the sentence of death. Barabbas is then substituted, and Barabbas gets a new lease on life. And, and you can see how this is a so much a type uh, and a picture and a metaphor of, of everything we're about to see Jesus happen to Jesus in the next little while. So we now take a look at, at this story, and we can see, you know, that that Barabbas, again, puts himself in a place where he is condemned for death. And and as we take a look at this, it's good for us to also understand the the picture of Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and 1 John verses 1 through 8, uh, which I'll read in just a second here. Uh, Romans 1, 18 says that they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And in that particular context, they're suppressing the general knowledge of the existence of God around them. That's what the Jewish people were doing at this time as they were trying to essentially get rid of Jesus and and hide him and get rid of the problem that they viewed as Jesus. But the same na- but that same sin nature that suppresses the truth also suppresses the truth of their own guilt before God. First John one verse eight says, "If we if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us." That's a very interesting statement, right? Here you have the Jewish people and the religious leaders suppressing the truth through unrighteousness. But then there's also that challenge for us. Does where that is that holier-than-thou picture where we say, hey, if we, if we think that we have no sin, then we're deceiving ourselves. And in fact, uh, what, even more dangerous, the truth is not in us. I find that uh, one of the most dangerous statements. But it also goes to the picture of what we looked at uh, with Caiaphas and Peter. Caiaphas, the chief priest, was pretending to be holier-than-what-he-was. Peter, remember, was pretending to be worse than what he really was. Caiaphas, the high priest, should be holy, but he had already made up his decision. He wanted Jesus gone before he ever heard a piece of evidence. Peter, a disciple, should be good, but he pretended not to be so that, so that he wouldn't face condemnation from those who are in the courtyard. So here we kind of have this picture of holier than thou in 1 John 1, 1.8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. Uh, to God, man's denial of sin is, is is ridiculous. God can see the blackness of our sin. God can see the, our sin like leper spots eating away at us and, and keeping us spiritually dead or, or hindered. And while and while we take a look at this, we take a brief look at Barabbas circumstances here and as I had just said, he had been arrested for insurrection and for murder. It's important to note that this is where we see Pilate uh, enter into the scene. Now, now Pilate didn't have anything against Jesus. Pilate had something against Barabbas. Jesus drew crowds, but he didn't seem to be causing any trouble for the Romans themselves. As long as Jesus didn't bother him, Pilate wasn't going to bother Jesus. But the Sanhedrin and the religious leaders had a very different story. They hated Jesus. Jesus threatened their power. He seemed to mock them in all of his sermons, and he got and it had gotten to the point where Jesus had angered them so much that he must die. The only problem is they didn't have the authority to execute him. Only Pilate could do that. So the Jewish leaders arrested Jesus, brought him before the governor, uh, and— and in Luke tells us they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man of misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar, and say that he himself is Christ a king. Now Pilate wasn't fooled. I think that's important for us to note. He knew what was going on, and Matthew twenty seven, eighteen says he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. But Pilate had a problem. If he didn't handle the crisis properly, the Jewish leaders might send word to Caesar and destroy what little reputation he had left. Not only that, but the crowd outside was getting uglier uh, by the moment. They were beginning to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. And he knew that if he didn't do something soon, he'd have a riot on his hands. Then the thought occurred to him where we see Barabbas. You know, it was custom at the feast, the governor was a, would release A prisoner to the crowd, whomever they wanted, and they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Who do you want? Of course, as we know, the story goes along. It was pure genius. Nobody wanted Barabbas. It was obvious. It was obvious to Pilate that of the two, the crowd would choose Jesus over this monster, let Jesus go. And yet Mark 15 tells us that the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And that's the story of how Jesus came to die on the cross, uh, you know, of a murderer and a thief, the cross of Barabbas. Uh, And, and now was this an accident? Was this purely coincidence? Jesus took the place of Barabbas? You know, I don't think it is. We see Barabbas in all four gospels and he's mentioned in all four gospels. So there's something there for a reason because they all mention him. But why is the question that we ask ourselves? Why would scripture include Barabbas if he was the focal point as if he was the focal point in this gospel story? Well, I think first we can see that Jesus was the Son of God. Several times throughout his ministry, Jesus referred to God as his Father. In fact, one time Jesus angered the crowd of Jews by declaring, My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. At that point, we read the Jews picked up stones uh, again to stone him. Now, why would they want to stone Jesus? I mean, we'll get the answer in a second. Right? They realized what Jesus was saying in their own words, they were doing it for blasphemy. You know, because you being a man, make yourself God. It was what they were doing in their own life. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying by calling God his father. Jesus was declaring that he was the son of God. Literally, he is son of the father. Same meaning uh, of, of Barabbas. So, so let me get back to that question. Whose cross did Jesus borrow to die? You know, Barabbas. Now his name is interesting. It's made up of two other Jewish words, bar meaning son and Abba, which is father. Now, uh, so Barabbas literally means son of the father died, in, and Jesus died in the place of son of the, you know, worldly father. Jesus could have borrowed any of those other criminals' cross, but the one that he ended up with was Barabbas'. And I think that's important for note to note. It's a, a good part of, of this story. Why would God do that? Well, to drive hum, drive it home, I think it's not a coincidence. This was a deliberate part of God's message for us. You see, Barabbas deserved to die. Paul wrote uh, about it. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Was Barabbas a good man? Of course not. Everybody knew this man was evil. Everyone knew that he should have died, and yet Jesus took his place. Jesus died for barabbas jesus died so that barabbas might live obviously now you can see uh how this is playing out metaphorically to what is about to happen with jesus down the road the whole gospel message is really wrapped up in in the name of one man barabbas in so many ways son of the father yet compared to jesus son of the heavenly father and, and and when we ask what that means for us today, it's easy to say, okay, well Barabbas was a horrible person, but you see, you are Barabbas, and, and I am Barabbas. You and I are are sons of God, da- son the sons and daughters of the Father. We were created in the image and the likeness of our heavenly Father, uh, and if for that reason alone, we have value and purpose built into us. We like Barabbas of that day, are loved by God and longed for by him because we were made in his image. But like every earthly Barabbas, we've messed up. We've sinned and fallen short. That Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. We all deserve to die, but Jesus died in our place. Jesus borrowed your cross when he died. He borrowed my cross when he died. You see the picture that, that this little tiny story in, in 15 small verses paints as, as a way for us to really understand that. So, so when we look at this even further— we, we can start to get a picture of what this means for us just even today. And when we look at what it means for us today, we can start to understand, maybe I can give a, a, a story here, and this is one that I came across uh, from the singer Billy Joel, the piano man, right? And a while ago, he made a statement that says, I wasn't raised Catholic, but I used to go to mass with my friends. And I viewed the whole business as a lot of – very enthralling hocus pocus. And he describes it by saying, there's a guy nailed to a cross and dripping blood. And everyone's blaming themselves for that man's torment. But I said to myself, forget it. I have no hand in that evil. I have no original sin. There's no, there's no blood of any sacred martyr on my hands. I'll pass on this. And and I think that's the mindset of the lost. I'll pass on this. I don't need the blood of Jesus. I can do this all on my own. Maybe that is even our own statements at times, right? I can do this on my own. They don't want somebody else dying for them because they've done enough good in their lives. They've convinced it will weigh out against the bad. And they've done enough good in in their life that they can buy a place in heaven or and their self-righteousness will earn them a spot um, in heaven with Christ. But the Bible says it's not going to happen. Nor you nor I will ever be good enough uh, to make it into heaven. There's nothing we can do to buy even a small part of heaven. And the story of Jesus dying for Barabbas drives home the fact that Barabbas was just like us, unworthy of being saved. Now it sounds really dark that I'm saying that, but it's the reality of this sacrifice that Jesus died for a world that did not deserve it. Christ didn't deserve it, but we certainly did. Uh Ephesians chapter two, verses four and forward tells us that because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated with him in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So you see what happens here you know we we've taken the time and we've we look at this and we're we're challenged with this to say you know have i given everything over to jesus i think that's what i like about the story of barabbas and this is what is is so great about the gospels is so often the stories seem extreme and there's that recognition of okay well i'm not barabbas i haven't caused insurrection i haven't murdered any romans lately uh, and and so, what is my role in all of this? You know, I'm not as bad as he is. and 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 I think then it causes us to go into a place where we can say, "Hey, you know what? Christ, i there are things in my life that I need to go or give over to you that i have not given over to you whether big or small there's have we given everything over to christ are there burdens that we are bearing that we don't need to bear and that's and that's really the challenge in it all so often each and every one of us bears a cross and yet there's here's the picture of of jesus taking the cross of barabbas and that's the one that he uses as he goes up to golgotha and he dies in a place where Barabbas was supposed to be killed, in uh, a, a murderer and a insurrectionist w- was supposed to die. Jesus died for him. Now, we look at our own selves, and we know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we, we look at that Ephesians passage, and we understand that I think we see two people here or two groups that we should be looking at. One, Barabbas, uh, which is a bit of, has, has a bit of all of us uh, in mistakes that we make. Uh, in And yet we also have that crowd, uh, those religious leaders who were calling for Barabbas to be released and Jesus to be crucified. Now, for us, it's it's hard to say, okay, well, I, I don't want, you know, I love Jesus. I don't want, I wouldn't want him to be crucified. Uh, however, we look at the story of how Jesus bore the cross uh, of Barabbas and for each and every one of us. And I think it gives us a perspective of maybe who are the Barabbases in our life as well. Who are the people who cause us difficulty? Who are the people that we need to forgive? Who are the people that we need to show grace? Uh, but also that challenge of of who are the people who who don't think that they need Jesus, don't need grace, think that they have done enough good in life to get themselves into heaven and, and and are sorely mistaken. How do we speak truth into the lives of people? We know Jesus did it with the ultimate sacrifice. And so with that in mind, we also know that that there are going to be tougher times when we want to share truth of, of Jesus Christ to people. And it is going to be difficult. And and our prayer for today is that as we go from here, we realize that whatever small sacrifices we make as we start to share the gospel is nothing compared to the ultimate sacrifice that Christ made for each and every one of us. As he replaced Barabbas, son of a worldly father, took his place, and the son of the heavenly father died for each and every one of us. I'll leave us there for today. We are going to continue next week as we take a little more of a look at the cross itself and those final moments of Jesus. I hope you are excited for this. I am too. I'm really enjoying this series, looking at the different people and locations that we meet along the story near the end of Jesus' lives. Each one is there for a reason and hopefully we're able to take something away from that. So I'll leave us there for today and I will say take care, have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Luke Miller podcast, a part of Sunrise Digital Ministries at Sunrise Community Church in Fair Oaks, California. If you're wanting to know more about our digital ministries, you can download our app at the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, where you'll find Backshed Bible Study, Sunday Sermons, and the Luke Miller podcast. If you've got questions about who Jesus is or what it means to be a Christ follower, we would love to connect with you. And you can send us a note at www.sunrise.church/welcome and we'll get you connected. Thanks again for joining us. Take care.